bamboo and meat trees. I'm just, I'm not into it. Hello and welcome to Dice Like Ice, episode 24. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, as always, the odd job to my jaws, Andrew Mitchell. Ah, I get to kill people with a hat. Right? And I figured, uh, since GoldenEye 64 is now on fucking Xbox Game Pass. Xbox Game Pass? Xbox Game Pass has GoldenEye 64 on it. I don't think that's on the PC version. That might be the actual Xbox, Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, it is a remastered GoldenEye 007. Also, I'm the tall one. What the fuck? The jaws to my odd job, Andrew Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) Odd job always had to be banned whenever we played 64 GoldenEye because he was small and his suit was dark, so you could just hide in a corner and never be hit. I mean, you, you only play Golden Gun. That's the rule. Oh, no, slaps only. It's like a man. <laughs> or dual RCP-90s. Uh, or just proxy mines. That is... Oh, that, God. There were some, some good, dumb custom matches we've had where it was just, like, rocket launchers and proxy mines. I It was a lot of, uh, like, eight-year-old Andrews nights with, over with friends' houses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, GoldenEye 007 Remaster launched on January 27th for Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, and Nintendo Switch. Neat. Yeah, I saw it on the Switch, so I, I was just assuming it was only Nintendo. No, but, uh, no, I don't know. Somehow Xbox got their grubby little fucking paws in it, and I'm okay with that. Well, Xbox owns Rare, so I guess there's some licensing. Yeah. 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 The other one I was going to do was also a Rare game, and it was Banjo and Kazooie. Great game. Second Fantastic one is too much game. of a collectathon, but the first yeah. one's real solid. Uh, I remember playing uh, the shit out of the first one when I was younger and being really good at it. And then when Rare Replay got added to Game Pass, I tried playing it again, and hoo-hoo, boy, do I suck at it now. Yeah, there's a lot of... 64 has the weird controls that, like, you have to be used to, and then if you go back and try again, it's just like, my brain does not compute with this shit. Yeah, but I was playing on an Xbox controller, and it still was just like, fuck this. Oh, you might just be old. Yeah, it's probably that. I've learned that on Battlefield. Yeah, yeah, thankfully we can still play support. Yeah, fair enough. I can, I can still throw fucking band-aids and bullets at folks. Hell yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we should probably throw it over to our sponsors. Oh, yeah. So, as always, we are sponsored by Grip and Grip. The tab did not want to go on that one. Yeah, I could hear you struggling on that. Yeah, like my fingernail got caught on it, and I'm like, oh, God, am I going to pop a fucking fingernail on this? Jesus Christ, that <laughs> smells strong. Uh, well, what are we drinking tonight, Tony? Oh, no, 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 you have to start. It's, it's Tradition. But I asked first. All okay. Right. Um, so tonight I have the Great Divides Peppermint Bark Yeti Imperial Stout. It's a nine point fiber. So it's a it's, it, we're, we're in for a good Sunday night recording. Oh, buddy, I'm gonna beat you in every way, shape, and form. How's the taste on oh. that one? Oh, it's great. I've had it before. Gotcha. I uh, I picked up. I said last podcast because I I picked it up right before Christmas. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah. Uh, like a twelve pack of just a shitload of stouts, and uh, this is the second to last one. I still have one big Yeti left, but uh, I was not feeling a thirteen point five tonight. Yeah, Whoa. I I did, however, do a thirteen point five last night and played Dead Space for three hours, so that was a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, but anyway, what are you rocking tonight right. that's uh, beating me? So I'm rocking from Pipeworks Brewing Company out of Chicago. 
Pothole City Rocky Road Stout, also an Imperial Stout, coming in at a 10% IPA. Well, look at Tony over here not drinking a fucking IPA. That is definitely a flavor. <laughs> what is what is it supposed to taste like? Well, it's supposed to taste like vanilla, cacao. I'm just reading the ingredients. Because I feel like lactose shouldn't be the flavor, but it's also with marshmallow. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they're going for like a Rocky Road ice cream then. Yeah, I just, that was weird. It's like, oh yes, brewed with vanilla, cacao nibs, marshmallow, and lactose. This is just a, a stout with peppermint, vanilla, and chocolate. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a peppermint schnapsy kind of hot chocolate thing. Yeah, no, this isn't bad. The The art on the can's cool as fuck, hence why I bought it. Yeah, but the art on the can or the bottle is half the reason I buy alcohol. <laughs> uh, man, I, I did. There was one I was going to get for the night, but uh, I I could not dr- bring myself to drink another one. It's a um, Wild Heaven Brewery out of Atlanta, who I normally like a lot, but it's a, a garden beer that they did for the Atlanta Botanical Gardens. Oh. And it's um, it's nutmeg and cacao and ancho chilies, which is like, oh, that sounds Ooh, like it'd be really cool. It's a, it's really a mo- nice. It's a mole porter. Uh, it just tastes like burning. <laughs> it really does. Like the first sip, you're like, okay, there's some flavors. And then by the end of the can, it's just like, this hurts. It, it feels like I'm eating smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was not doing that to myself again tonight. But I do have four more cans of that to go through. So uh, whew, we'll see if I make it. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, hey, uh, I'll, uh, I've got uh, another IPA that I'd be willing to trade you that I've got extra for one of those. All right, we'll we'll see how 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 you fare against the smoky beer. Yeah. This um, this is a way more alcoholy tasting beer than I was expecting out of a stout. Yeah, imperial stouts are yeah. kind of punchy in the teeth. Yeah, it's 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 and even it, got like that that like throat warmth after it. But that also could be just because it's fucking ten percenter. Remember, kids, if it doesn't hurt and if it doesn't pour like motor oil, it's not real beer. Yeah. Oh, and the good news is this is also a tall boy. Oh, so you're gonna be feeling it by mm. the end of the podcast. Damn. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if we last longer than an hour on this one since we're both rocking Imperial Stouts. Yeah, seriously. Is yours also a tall boy? No, it's a normal can, so I'm, I'm going to be okay. No, so you should need to get a second one. Ugh, I, the only one I have left is the Big Yeti, and that one I will be falling asleep <laughs> if I have them back to back. Oh, fair enough. Oh, man. All right, so it's, uh, it's been a bit since we recorded. <clears throat> uh, I think our last recording was on, what, like fucking January 2nd? Yeah, it was right around New Year. So uh, my goal is to try and get this one out on Tuesday. So we'll see. We'll see if that works. We'll see. Uh, so, uh, Andrew, what you been working on this year? Hmm. Hobby progress. Okay, so. Um, <coughs> oh, no, I did the, the U. I got the burp ah. first. See, I don't, I'm not very burpy with this one. This one's not as bubbly as I normally oh, this have. This one's very bubbly. Bubbly. Hmm. So starting off the year pretty strong. Um Continuing my Chaos Space Marine kick, I picked up some Legionnaires from our buddy Trent, who he had them just lying around. He bought them on an impulse, apparently, and then decided to go Imperial Fists and has a shitload of Space Marines now. Yep. So, uh, He's only got just a about 1,100 of... points. Yeah, it's not too shabby. That's about what I got with Iron Warriors now. Um, so yeah, yeah, those rocking around. He went ahead and primed them, but uh, I, I had to go and reprime them because, you know, can of lead belcher and you're half done with Iron yes, Warriors. Seriously. So. Did that, got them built and primed. Uh, they're sitting on the back shelf with the rest of my Chaos stuff because I'm painting a bunch of other things right now. Um, 
I also got the orc half of an Aeronautica set from uh, our lovely co-host, Tony. Um, it took my brain a, really... a second. I was like, oh, fuck, when did you get that? <laughs> <laughs> like a month ago. <laughs> oh, the beer hadn't even um, hit me yet. This would be an interesting night. Yeah. Uh, pretty fun kit. I did do exactly what you said I would do, which is finish building them and immediately started flying them around going, you got to. Same thing like when you finish a tank and you just got to go and push it around the table like a five-year-old. fucking orc plane right here in front of me, in fact. So very cool little models. I'll be able to paint them up pretty quickly once I feel like doing it. But again, hefty backlog. So they will just continue to sit there for a while. Probably will move further up the backlog once I actually play Aeronautica. I know if I like it or not, but I've heard nothing but good about it. So I'm excited for that eventually. Uh, now's, now's when the, the, the big stuff comes. So, um, we have not recorded long enough that I was able to pre-order and then finally get, and then build, and then prime, a Slaves to Darkness Vanguard box, Eternus, an exalted hero of chaos, a chaos lord on Manticore, and Mibilor Darkfang, who is the chaos sorcerer, uh, that you get from doing the Warhammer Plus subscription. Um, so I've got a boatload of primed chaos on my workbench right now. I was, uh... Uh, I'm going to be painting for a while, and I'm very excited. I have not even come close to feeling burned out on them yet. They're just very cool models, and I'm very excited to actually play with them. Should be having a game with Elias fairly soon with them. But uh, anyway, uh, after that, I took a break from uh, Spiky uh, Fantasy Chaos and went to Big Stompy Chaos and fully painted and based a Titanicus Warlord Titan, the one that I had purchased and built about a year and some change ago and has been sitting on my backlog for ages. But uh, everybody in the gaming group suddenly got into Titanicus. So I thought, hey, I should I should probably have more things for Titanicus. We took a fucking so year of us beating that damn drum. Yeah, so next up I'll have to do the uh, the War Master that has also been sitting on my bench for uh, about a year and a half, but uh, it'll be a little bit before I get to him just because I have so much fantasy chaos to paint. Um, I also took a break from all chaos, and I started painting up Green Crack's Loon Court, uh, the really good, like, Bretonian knights gets, where they all have, like, you know, knight armor and weird courtly jester shit going on. Oh, they're and great. It's, such a fun little kit it's so funny um just so many goofy little details all the bases have a bunch of shit on it so like there's a bunch of like lizards crawling through a guy's shoe and there's like a centipede wrapping around the dude's leg and it's it's a lot of really fun little little details like that mushrooms covered everywhere just very very gitsy vibe to it very happy to be painting some gits again. Uh, so happy, in fact, that uh, yesterday I pre-ordered the Gloomspite Gits Battle Tome and War Scroll cards. It's finally happened. We're getting the rules. I, I have paid actual money for them. We're going to be not completely terrible for at least two weeks. Um, uh, I don't know. Beast of Chaos is coming out at the same time. They probably got all the love. I mean, th- it's okay. They can still be good. The trogs they, they are trogs, even... and it looks great. They can even be better. I don't care if they're better. I just want the gets to be moderately competitive. <laughs> I want to be able to occasionally win a game instead of always getting stomped. <laughs> now, I was looking over some of the uh, the leaked rules. Like, the whole codex hasn't been out yet, but there's been some stuff rocking around online. And there are some very fun new things as well that, that, that you can do. Uh, one of the main ones being that uh, Trog Regeneration has turned into exactly what I've been wanting it to be since 2019, where... Uh, you used to have to roll a d6, and on a 4+, plus, you could then regenerate d3 wounds. Now you just regenerate d3 wounds. Amazing. You know, trolls being known for regenerating from fucking anything and being incredibly tough to kill. 
now they actually feel like they'll probably be like that, which I'm super excited for. I, I do um, wish that if they took a mortal wound, they lost regeneration that turn. That would be so fucking irritating to keep track of, especially since everything shits out mortal wounds yeah, in Age of Sigmar true. these days. So that would kind of negate that entirely. But I, I understand where you're coming from yeah. on that. Um, tweak the bad moon stuff a little bit. So the bad moon's still kind of random. You have to like roll off with your opponent to see if it moves or not. Uh, so on a one, two, or three, it stays in the quadrant it's in. But on a four, five, six, it moves forward like it's supposed to. But a lot more really good stuff happens with the bad moon now. Uh, you can get like boosts to rallying. So instead of on a six up, you get guys back. You can get guys back on a four up for the moon clan specifically. So if you want to run bricks of uh, stabas or shootas, you can actually keep that squat going for a while. Um, there was a command ability where uh, the loon shrine ability to bring guys back. You can only do that for like once per uh, per per battle round. Uh, one of the commanders has an ability to do that three times in a battle round, Jesus so Christ. you can bring back a lot of dead guys. So it feels like one that'll if you play your cards right and the moon is uh, agreeing with you, you can get some really cool synergies going on. And I'm very excited to read through it. That's uh, I'm just jazzed to have Gits be not complete garbage for the first time in almost the entire time I've owned that army. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be a nice change to see him, see him floating around out there. It'd be really nice to have, have them not sitting on my, my shelf, just gathering dust. Like I'm, I'm going to have to actually go out and get a can of compressed air to dust some of these guys off real quick. But anyway, not getting that book for a couple of weeks. So I got some time. Did, but, uh, uh, did that's you pre-order the, the Wolf Riders or now? I didn't get the Wolf Riders, just because I have a bunch of shit going on right now. I did get the uh, boss with the mangler squig, though. Okay. Or, um, what is he? The, the squig herder. Yeah, with, so, uh, with his fucking, like, weird his, iron mask thing. Yeah, his, his Doctor Doom mask. Yeah. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's kind of emulating the old Skarsnick model, and I like that a lot. But uh, he makes squigs better, and squigs are my second favorite units in that army after Trogs. So, you know, had to get him. But I will definitely get some of the uh, the Wolf Riders in the relative near future. Pretty much once I put a significant dent in these Chaos guys, we'll we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, that is that is it for my hobby progress. It's it's been a pretty good chunk, but not as crazy as some yeah. uh, of my more recent ones. So um, yeah, I'll throw it over to you. What have you been working on, Tony? So I didn't really get a whole whole ton done. Um, I did end up repainting all of the Titans from last year. Yep. Uh, I did the test model on them before last episode. Full-blown crazy vibes yep, right there. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I really like the new scheme. I, I, I went with uh, Legio Solaria. So it's I think it's eight different greens, each sponged on, and then a watered-down wash over them to bring them all back, and then two more greens lightly sponged on. To get so, kind of like a marble tour Yeah, yeah it gives it a real, like... Um, oh, God, why can't I... Like a stippled, marbly effect to them. And the, the wash I use, I water down contrast, so it keeps mm. some sheen on them. So it definitely looks more marbled. And, uh, yeah. Uh, ooh, boy. The couple that you, when, when you brought it to the table yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago, it was it was a pretty pretty marked difference between uh, your current guys and your previous Legio you were going with. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> fucking metallic red to fucking marbled green. Yeah, you, you definitely did a flip-flop from Iron Man to, to marble. Yeah. But the... Um, for those people who have Titanicus and have not painted them yet, do not glue your armor plates on before you paint them, because holy fuck is that trim a pain in the ass when they're glued together. Oh, yeah. But, you know, 
Matt glued all his on and he did them. So more power to you, buddy. Hey, as long as he can stand it, then you know they're his models. Makes one of us. Yeah, I uh, I mostly painted the ones on my Warlord Titan, but I got excited to see them together. Yeah. And so I went ahead and glued them on, and then I was like, oh, I still need to edge highlight this trim. <laughs> Fuck. Which, it wasn't that bad. I, it would have been a lot easier if I left them off, but it wasn't a huge pain in the ass. Maybe if I was doing three or four of them, it would have been, but just one Warlord wasn't terrible. Well, yeah, that's something at least. Um, and then, since I'm doing Solaria, and their whole thing is Warhounds, I bought and built four more Warhounds. Got them mostly magnetized at this point. Um, and I've started painting them. Uh, I think I'm through four of the layers of green on them. Jesus. Uh, that, that process takes forever, but it looks really cool. I, I bet. <laughs> I mean, I'm cutting, like, a little quarter inch cube of foam to stipple with and holding it with fucking tweezers and just go like tap 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 eight million times on each panel feels like it might be a very meditative kind of process if you uh, uh, feel like the first the right hour mindset. feel like the first yeah. hour it is and the second hour it's annoying and the third hour it's super annoying and frustrating and the fourth hour it kind of loops back around yeah, you're kind of doing like the process of grief where you're getting yeah, exactly. more and more pissed off and then you just accept it <laughs> oh yeah anger was the main stage in that one mostly yeah but that stage two lasts the yeah. longest. But, three? I don't know. Uh, I think it's. I think it's three because I think bargaining is two. Yeah, I don't I'm trying to remember that. I've gone through them all, but I don't remember the fucking pattern it goes through because it's honestly just all of them all at once, and they just kind of fuck around and mix up some. Yay! Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I did get to use those as a test scheme for how I want to do my big Warhound Titan. Because they are doing full-size Titanicus at Nova this year. And your boy's got a Titan that's kind of torn with the idea of doing that. Uh, apparently, at Nova last year, they also did full-size Aeronautica, which I didn't know about, or I would have carried my fucking Thunderbolt to it. I was about to say, I was like, how the fuck? Oh, right, just the Forge World models. Yeah, and Valkyries. Well, Valkyries aren't Forge World. And Fight well, I guess. Yeah, I was about to say, I got a Daka Jet. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, full-scale full Aeronautica probably look cool as fuck. I wonder how they do that. Do they just have, like, custom bases that you just, like, blue tack your base onto? Yeah. Or, you know, that sounds kind of cool. I mean, honestly, the base isn't that important. It's played on a grid. Like a big well, yeah, grid. but I guess I guess they would just have the little... Yeah, some form of counter or dial for your altitude and your speed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. But, yeah, uh, so I bet that was cool. I'm kind of bummed I didn't see any pictures of that, but... I'm sure they're around. Yeah, somewhere. So I got all... But yeah. Yeah, got all that stuff going... Um, and the only other hobby progress I got was last night I went out and bought a Rogaldorn battle tank. And then I built just, it all this morning so I could play it in one? a game with Trent. Yeah, just one uh. to start with. They're super fucking cool. I might get a second one tomorrow <laughs> when Matt and I go to Giga. And then a third one. And then, and then a fourth one. No, well, you can't run more than three. That's true. So, uh, And I guess I also did get the um, Arcs of Omen book. And the uh, uh, the fucking Abaddon book, the Grand Tournament book, those things. So oh, yeah, the new, yeah. Uh, was it Nephilim or whatever? Yeah, it's, stuff. it's Arcs of Omen Grand Tournament pack, and then the Abaddon Arcs of Omen campaign supplement book thing that's got boring action in it. Yeah, yeah, boarding action is the only 40k I'm interested in right now. Having recently played 40k and realized, oh yeah, there's way too much shit to keep track of. Oh, that's fair. Boarding so. action looks super fucking cool, and I am stoked to play it. 
yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of buzz online where a lot of people who have been down on 40k for a bit gave it a try and were like, okay, this is a good way to currently play 40k because it's, it's fairly granular rules, but a small enough force that you could get shit done quickly, which is a pretty big thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what kind of what kind of games you've been playing recently, Andrew? Played oh, games played. I, I probably should have had my notes ready when you were going to ask. <laughs> my bad. Okay, I here we go. Snuck that one in there. No, you're good. I got it up. So first one <laughs> That's was what actually you said. Hey, uh, was a game of Titanicus against you. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a match essentially just to relearn how the fuck to play the game because it's been ages since we've like actually played. It was like the day after we fucking recorded last time. Yeah, it's been a bit. Um. So that was a pretty fun one. We just did kind of the smash them up. No, no real objectives or secondaries or anything to worry about. Uh, the things we learned on that one is uh, Inferno Flamers will just absolutely wreck a Warhound if you can pop shields ahead of time. Yep. Uh, I did I did a boatload of damage with that. Um, and if your Reaver tries to shoot somebody point blank in combat, uh, sometimes you can scatter and shoot yourself in the face and blow up your Reaver Titan, which then goes nuclear and kills one of your knights as well. And yeah. somehow doesn't kill the person he's in combat with. Yeah, but it was pretty cool. It was really funny. <laughs> it, was, it was a very Titanicus moment. John wicked your Reaver with my Reaver. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good game. It was a lot of fun. Oh, it's, yeah. it's one of those, it's kind of like Necromundo where something wacky is going to happen every single game, even if statistically it shouldn't. So, you know, it's it's always a fun time. And you, even if you you play your cards right, sometimes you still get goofy shit like that, <laughs> where you somehow melt your own face off. Yeah. But uh, it was a good time. It's, it's always fun to play Titanicus. Um, let's see. After that, I did a decent little bit of Age of Sigmar. Uh, first game was against Elias. We did my new Mega Gargant's Tome versus his new Night Haunt. Uh, I lost again because, man, having no rend against the ghosts fucking sucks. Well, it also, you know, doesn't help when Elias only rolls sixes. No, 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 this is not that game. We're oh, getting there. Oh, my bad. Um, we also did that against Jeff. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's had some hot dice God lately. damn. Um, yeah, so he ran mostly blade geists. He has um, sub-faction. That's what makes them better. And he got the first uh, charge off, and they get bonuses on the charge. So he did a boatload of mortal wounds. And then they do, like, mortal wounds on sixes when they hit and do all kinds of shit. So long story short, they killed my general turn one, which was super fun. Um you know, crack an eater like I normally do. I ran him forward to go and kick the objective so I could keep it in the back line, make it a little harder for him. To get. It didn't even matter. He just completely <laughs> he paper shredded him. It was no, no obstacle. Um, and then just kind of proceeded to just get completely butchered from there. It was, it was rough. It, Night Haunt are a extremely good counter to Mega Gargans just because I, with a new book, they lowered my amount of attacks and uh, upped a lot of the rend and damage, which doesn't fucking matter against ghosts. So <laughs> they just, they're, they're very bad against the Night Haunt. Um, I feel like I need a running tally of how many times you say something is a hard counter to Gargans. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of. <laughs> A lot of the current rules that they're putting out is trying to be able to counter Gargants. Uh, so we'll see how much action my Stompy Boys get in the near future if everybody is able to kill them super fucking easily. Um, but anyway, well, that's why you got um, new gets. I did. I got new gets coming, and that's what counts. Um, after that, played another Age of Sigmar game against Elias. This time it was Gargants versus Flesh Eaters, which I thought was going to be uh, a lot more even because I can actually use my rend against them. Uh, and then Spoiler I was complaining alert. that... 
I was complaining that Elias didn't have any monsters with his night haunt, and a lot of my abilities are against monsters. And he's like, okay, I'll take uh, I'll take a bunch of the big bats and zombie dragons and stuff. We'll have a big slap fight. It'll be fun. Uh, turns out Elias can roll nothing but fives and sixes that game. And he did his uh, his bat shrieks, and they do shitloads of mortal wounds if you roll sixes. So uh, he killed my general again, turn one, by doing something like 30 mortal wounds against him with all the shrieks on top of the combats. And it was like bottom of turn two. I had one guy left with like two wounds. I was just like, I can see this ain't even worth trying to play (laughs) out. It was his dice were possibly the hottest I have ever seen. It was fucking outrageous. That was um, Uh, that was the one you were playing when me and Chris were playing 40K, wasn't it? yeah, Yeah, yeah. That game was fast. You guys got yeah, there and started after us and finished way before us. Yeah, no, it was one of those ones where it was just like, I'd, I'd, I couldn't even be mad. It was just like, fuck, God, okay, cool. <laughs> I guess we'll play again sometime soon. So uh, that was like a 45-minute game of Age of Sigmar. Um, so yeah, my, my, my Gargans will be back on the shelf for a bit. I will uh, be playing some Chaos and some Gits for a while because uh, they, they need to recover from two, two undead stompins. Um, and then after that, only one more thing. I had a, a teaching game of Blood Bowl against uh, your buddy Grimes, who is now becoming the group's buddy, because that's how it works. Yep. Um, so I, I finally broke the curse. The, uh, he played his first game of Blood Bowl, and he did not win. <laughs> yeah, you beat him up like a fucking puppy. It was it was pretty rough. Uh, it was Lizardmen versus Orcs. I got the new Lizardmen team a couple, about a month ago, and I wanted to you know run them in, get, get used to their rules. And uh, Saurus warriors are real tough. <laughs> so uh, I, I was trying to, like, you know, I, I told him to take four blitzers, take as many biggins as he can. I was trying to give him, like, a solid list so he'd have a good defense against it. And uh, I was getting some pretty good armor breaks and knocking people out and killing people left and right. But he did get a really good uh, hit with his troll against my Croxagore, where he rolled boxcars to break armor, and then he rolled an 11 to wound him, and then he rolled a 15 on the injury, which is just a straight dead. Like, he just completely just uppercutted his head straight off. So, you know, he lost... But he lost spectacularly, and it was really fun. Um, main thing was, you know, I'm just getting used to, like, blocking my skinks together so they actually have a bit of strength because they're strength two, so you need to run them in groups of two or three to be able to take anything. So uh, if you can actually do that and keep them together, they're fucking lightning fast. Eight movement. Yeah. They can get the ball one end of the match to the other in two turns if you play your cards right, so... I was able to do that pretty quickly. Uh, only ended up playing a half match as we tend to do just because, you know, it goes long and it was a teaching game. But uh, like all teaching games of Blood Bowl, he immediately was like, fuck, this is awesome. I'm going to look into getting yeah. a team. So, uh, you know, apparently even though I won, it wasn't that bad of a stomping. So he's, he's excited to get into it as well. So there we go. We got another one. I'm, I'm curious what team he's going to go for. Yeah, I don't know. I told him to research it and see what kind of... Come don't uh, buy undead. We've got enough fucking undead players. I, you know, follow your bliss. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, just research if he wants a punchy team, uh, a, a fast, speedy team, a balanced one like the Lizardmen or humans or whatever. There's, you know, 20 mm-hmm. some odd teams in Blood Bowl. There's options. Yeah, there's so. definitely a couple. We'll, uh, we'll see. It'd be funny if he also picked Ogres. <laughs> I guess that's better than picking Nurgle. Wait, yeah, no. If he picks Nurgle, we'll say some. those are some great models and that's the only thing good about them. Uh, well, you missed one game, Andrew. Did I? What did I miss? Uh, my Skaven versus your Lizardmen Blood Bowl when Oliver was building his stuff. Shit, you're right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> ah, I get to talk about one of our games now. Well, all right. We'll pass it over to you since it's also a game you played. It is. It is. I was way through the list, but I played a game of Blood Bowl against uh, Andrew over here. 
It was my Skaven versus his Lizardmen. That was my first game with those Lizardmen. It was, and oh boy, my Rat Ogre was a bully. Sure fucking was. Because <laughs> what, he killed the Croxagore and three Saurus and one of my guys. Yeah, you had two casualties, and I only killed one of them. <laughs> yeah, um, but somehow, yeah, if that would have gone two, I think I would have beaten you just because you were kind of out of guys, but... Yep. Yep. Yeah, I've I've played like two turns of one half before because I double scold every time I touch the dice. Oh, I yeah, I, absolutely. Unless I'd have gotten nothing but sixes from that point forward, I was down to like yeah, yeah. No, it's not impossible. Weirder things have happened in Blood Bowl, but I was down. <laughs> uh, but so after Andrew and I did our learning ga- or our relearning game of Titanicus, I played a mirror match of Titanicus against Matt. And it was a good one. Um, the two objectives, he had, uh, it was like recover intel or something, or precious intel, where he had to get one of his titans all the way across the board, and then at the end of the turn, if it was in three inches of the table edge, it would run off the board. And mine was, I had to save a titan crew from the middle of the table. Uh, I did not get mine, because I could not get a guy near the middle of the table. And it was, it was an absolute slugfest. Like, titans were exploding left and right. And he was at the, he got his guy all the way to the end of the table. And I had, we had no void shields left. It was on a Warhound. And I had one Hail Mary through cover long shot with my plasma cannon on my Warhound. Uh, hit it square on, rolled double sixes for the maximum fire shots and double critted it and blew its back out. Nice. Uh, to, it, it was, it was a draw game because we both killed the exact same amount of Titans and neither of us scored our objectives. So it was uh, it was close and hilariously fun. Then I played a game of 40k against Dr. Chris, uh, his Dark Angels, which right after their points drop got just so much more shit. Holy crap. Cyclone launchers on everything. Cyclones everywhere, chain fists everywhere. Uh, he was able to put in 10 more Terminators Jesus. because the points dropped so much. Because they needed more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I ran my guard list. It was like... Uh, was like almost a hundred infantry and then a, a schmear of tanks across the board. And it was a really close game. I think it ended up being like 76 to 72 or something like that. Like it was, it was decently close and it was a fun game. Uh, once again, my vanquisher was the MVP because it was just picking up dudes. Like it, it killed his apothecary, his champion, and then, um, fucked up some terminators. Because that Vanquisher is just a mean, mean tank, and I love it. After that one, I played another game of Titanicus with Matt. Uh, This one, we went with the full 1750 list. So his list was a Warlord, two Reavers, two Warhounds, and a Knight uh, Banner. And my list was two Reavers and five Warhounds. It's a speedy Uh, list. Yeah, which didn't help me much. It was, we both ended up having the same objective, which was, like, deny ground so you didn't want your opponent to get close to your board, and you got more points for each side. Uh, He ended up beating me in that one. I had one Warhound that was running towards his board edge, uh, and it overheated and blew itself up. Jeez. (laughs) It had taken one shot in the torso before that. I was, like, almost fine, like... Uh, I guess it wasn't almost fine, but it was close to, it was close to where it was going to roll for crits. And then when I rolled, 
uh, I had a reactor leak on it. Or no, I pushed it to run and rolled two on the reactor dice. So it bumped it all the way into redlining. So I took like D3 strength nine hits to my torso. God. He just, he just detonated. Uh, so don't overload your Warhounds. They'll explode. You pushed the go faster button too hard. I did. I did. Uh, one of his Reavers charged into three of my Warhounds and one of his, and his Night Banner also hit a Warhound. And it was just absolute calamity. Uh, the Reaver beat up a Warhound, but somehow didn't kill it. Uh, the Knight almost killed another Warhound. And then one of my Warhounds that was left fired four turbo lasers into the already damaged head of the Reaver. Uh, catastrophically exploded it, killing the Reaver, the Knight, two Warhounds, and legging another Warhound. Fuck. <laughs> it was, it was, they were all grouped together. And it was just this massive nuclear fireball. Ah, uh, man. But yeah, Re- reactor explosion game, is always yeah. funny. At the end of that game, he had um, a Warhound on my table edge that I couldn't do anything about, uh, a Reaver and a Warlord left, and I had a Reaver and I think a really fucked up Warhound. So he, he had me pretty handed in that one. Sounds like a good game of Titanicus. It was a fucking hilarious game of Titanicus. Uh, and then the other game I played was this past Wednesday against uh, Oliver who was building his Blood Bowl team the Wednesday prior. He built the uh, Shambling Undead team, and I gave him the choice. I was like, do you want to play against my Orcs, my Norse, my Snotlings, or my Skaven? Uh, And like me, he loves all things weird, so he went against my Skaven, and that was his downfall. Because gutter runners are fast as fuck. Boy. Yeah. In the first half, uh, I got up, I scored one decently quickly, and I was about to score a second when my gutter runner was like four spaces from the end zone. And he had a ghoul runner that was eight spaces away from him and like locked in by all kinds of stuff. So he made a three up dodge, a four up dodge, a three up dodge, a three up dodge, a three up dodge, a go for it, a go for it and blitzed and hit my dude and rolled double pals and knocked him out. That like, motherfuck. That with no rerolls is Blood Bowl, baby. That is, it's okay. It turned around on the back half, uh, and then he got it almost all the way to my end zone before I stopped him with that one because Ghoul Runners are very fast. They were so my I, they were my yeah. downfall of the Blood Bowl tournament. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was up one nothing at the at the half. Then it was a kick to me, and I scored in like three uh, because I was able to get one gutter runner past his line, threw a pass to him, and he just casually ran into the end zone and then you know it was kind of back and forth you know ball kind of stayed in the middle and then at the very end of my turn seven i got a gutter runner one spot from the end zone after going for it twice and how it was positioned he had to do the same thing basically charge a ghoul runner all the way uh go for it twice and then blitz into my dude which, you know, he made both of his go forts and he goes to blitz into my dude and he rolls double fucking pushes and pushes my gutter runner into the end zone. Hey, touchdown. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was, uh, that was the nail in the coffin. Cause then when I kicked it to him, he, even though I only had five rats left on the field at the end of the game, he, he couldn't feasibly make it all the way across the board in, um, one turn. Yeah. Yeah. A little difficult. Yeah. But yeah, so that was uh, all the games I played. I didn't do much prog- hobby progress, but I got in a lot of games. And I feel like I'm still forgetting one, but... I mean, did, you played one today, didn't you? 
Oh, yeah, literally, like, fucking five hours ago. Yeah, you sent me a text like, hey, come to the shop. And I'm like, hmm, I did, but I, I really want to take uh, a nap. <laughs> uh, and then I played a thousand point game against Trent, who is still learning. So we didn't run secondaries. We didn't run stratagems. Uh, I played a thousand points of guard. He played a thousand points of fists. You mean you made the game fun? <laughs> <laughs> For one of us. Hey. Uh, yeah, it was, it was brutal. Um, so he took uh, two five-man primary squads with auto bolt rifles, five hell blasters, three outriders, three eradicators with like melter rifles, five assault intercessors, a captain and a librarian and a redemptor dreadnought with the plasma arm. And I took 30 or three squads of guardsmen, a command squad, a Lehman Russ tank commander, a Lehman Russ vanquisher and a Rogaldorn battle tank. And that was my thousand points. It was, it was brutal. Uh, the first turn he gunned down a squad of guardsmen with a bunch of bolter shots. Cause it was the only thing he could hit because of how I was in cover. Uh, then on my turn one, uh, the Dorn rolled out from behind a building and just deleted his Hellblaster unit. And the Redemptor Dreadnought got shot in the face with a Vanquisher and then killed by a Plasma Cannon Lehman Russ. So you, you didn't do New Model Syndrome where your Dorn immediately got killed. Oh no, oh no. And the way I was rolling on the Dorn and he was rolling against it, that tank is invincible. I mean, it's a real cool tank, so I wouldn't. Shock it's a me. real cool fucking tank. It's uh, uh, yeah. Even if I never play guard, I I kind of want to orc one up at some point. Yeah, uh, it'd be a great trader guard tank. Would be. <laughs> uh, turn two rolls around. He kills you know <laughs> ten more guardsmen. His fucking his outriders slam into a squad of ten guardsmen, kill nine of them. The sergeant rolls insane bravery and doesn't run away. Uh, it, he was probably you know just cut to ribbons on the next combat phase but he survived one and then uh you know pretty much all my guard infantry were dead so the oppressor picked up two squads of marines on its own or no one squad of marines and then all the eradicators uh, and then on the last turn of the game when he only had uh five assault intercessors in the very back of his field on an objective um and then than a bike, a single bike. Because the, the captain took a vanquisher battle cannon to the face and turned into a fine red mist. Uh, and the librarian got a full load from a plasma Lehman Russ. It was brutal. But we both had fun. We laughed and cut up through it. Uh, he rolled like shit on his eradicators or they he probably would have killed the Lehman Russ or the Dorn. He also kept firing psychic powers into it and failing five up psychic tests. That sounds like me. Even with rerolls, like he just he just could not fucking smite this thing. Jeez. So the Dorn finished with three wounds left. Yeah, I'm excited to see what it does against Matt tomorrow. Oh yeah, is he, he playing his Dark Angels? Uh, no, he's gonna play my Knights actually. Huh. I know, fucking 180. He's he's interested in trying out those because he wants to play something other than Dark Angels. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's the hilarious amount of games that Andrew and I have played. So let's talk about some of this cool shit that they've shown on Warcom, especially since there was an LVO reveal Las two Vegas days ago. Open. Yeah, boy. 
Uh, all right. Uh, shall we just do our our classic, you know, pull a thing back and forth? Sure. Uh, I guess right. I will start. Um, we're gonna go with uh, Warcry Blood Hunt. Uh, yeah. This is a cool box. I this it is, is a very cool box. This is one of the first Warcry dual packs that they've done where I want both of the gangs in it because normally it's just like, oh, that one's cool, but I don't care for those guys. This one, I want the whole damn thing. Not huge on the terrain, but I've also not been huge yeah, on the. Ditto. I've not been huge on the terrain for this entire season of it anyway. Which whatever. No terrain will be as cool as the fucking um, Red Harvest one. Oh yeah, like the cool like mining terrain or whatever. Uh, yeah, that like was, it just it just won't. That was that was yeah peak Warcry terrain. But uh, this the 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 gangs in this one are as cool as that terrain was at least. So we're getting yeah. uh, what are they called? It's a new Soul Blight gang, the Askurgan Trueblades, who are like a monastic order that have been inflicted with vampirism. So they've got like a lot of uh, like. Japanese kind of themes to them, kind of like some Shaolin monk sort of stuff. Those aren't mm-hmm. Japanese, I know. Um, just kind of like a mix of Asian vibes. Uh, they have a guy who's transforming into the werewolfy vampire, uh, a la mm-hmm. Radicar, but he's kind of got a like Oni sort of thing going on, where he's got like this flowing mane. It's a really, really interesting style. Yeah, it's it's really cool looking. I like it a lot. I want these guys one hundred percent. Uh, and going up against them are the uh, Claws of Karanak, who are uh, corn furries, I guess. Like they, yeah, because they... Karanak is the uh, the corn dog, right? Yeah, he's the three-headed corn dog. Um, yeah. So these guys like dress up like flesh hounds of corn and have corn masks and like corn belt buckles. And there's a guy running on all fours with a big corn mask on, and they're they're. Fun. Oh my god, I thought that was a dog. I did not realize that no, was a it's, person. It's just a dude with a mask, but uh, he's got one all One guy doesn't have a hand. Yeah, he's got claws and stuff, so it's cool. No, 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 like one of the models, It's I think it's got to just be the photos cropped. I think that's the angle. He just doesn't have a hand. It looks like it might be like the butt of a knife or something. It might just be a weird angle. But uh, anyway, but Maybe. both of them look really cool. These are fantastic oh, yeah, gangs. That's no, a super cool fucking like, gang. It'll depend when it's released, but uh, I think I might get this box. This is a really cool one. Plus, it'll get yeah. me all the Warcry tokens and stuff, which I don't have. Yeah, and the rule book. Yeah, I, I have the rule book, but I don't have the uh, Warcry tokens, so I need to get all the uh, gubbins. I do have an issue with the vampire models. What's that? Why are the ropes so fucking thick on everything? Uh, it's so that when your sword breaks, you can make a quick knot out of it and beat the shit out of people with it. Dude, seriously, they're the same thickness as their forearms. Yeah, no, that's like that's like anchor rope for a fucking. Yeah, like ship. I just I I don't get it because like we've seen thinner ropes on things. Like I think it's again kind of emulating like traditional like Asian monk aesthetics where they tend to have kind of like thick ropes like that. Not like that a, fucking thick. I don't know. Maybe I'll paint them as entrails. Well, they would just look like ropes that are red then. <laughs> and slimy, but at least they would make a little bit more sense than fat rope. I mean, fat rope's fine. It doesn't bug me. It's kind of got that Tory Gate aesthetic for, like I said, calling back to Japanese type stuff. But yeah, uh, These guys are very Dark Souls looking. Really cool. Like them a lot. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the, the fucking Flesh Hound guys are... Some pretty some pretty peak like chaos dudes. All kinds of furs and wacky weapons and uh, scoop spooky masks, skulls. Just very good like chaosy type shit. Uh, and then some pretty mediocre terrain, as uh, all of the Gur stuff has been. <laughs> yeah, just bamboo and meat trees. I'm just I'm not into it. Yeah, it's the weird the weird finger trees just kind of creep me out a little bit. 
Like, it's not even that. I would just paint them as normal trees, but just, I don't know. It's it's pretty uninspired. Like, you know, it'll work. It's it's fine for Warcry, whatever. But, you know, it's it's not as much of a, a, a fucking home run as the Red Harvest terrain was, that's for sure. But the gangs, yeah. the gangs are cool. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, what's what's your LVO thing that you're interested in? So let me scroll back up to the LVO stuff because I was just I just had it kind of all over the place. Oh, I made sure to make a tab for each of them just so I don't have to do that. Uh, well, you, you were talking about the new Warcry, and Warcry is cool at all, but this new fucking kill team Soul Shackle. Oh yeah. Oh my God, it's got uh, it's the same kind of boarding action terrain as before. So it's it's more the you know doors and corners that you can fucking hook all together to play boarding action and kill team, but it's got fucking adeptus arbites in it. Yeah, and they are just such good throwback classic Judge Dread looking motherfuckers. Like the uh, the leader even has the big stupid fucking helmet crest. He's got a goddamn flying speaker drone. Pretty Flash Gordon vibes on that. Oh seriously, man, like. These models are cool as fuck. I wish that these were what the Palanite Enforcers looked like. I was going to say, I'm not, Palanite Enforcers in Necromunda. I'm not crazy about their helmets. I know it's supposed to be kind of a Judge Dredgy, Dred, bleh, Judge Dreddy type type thing with the mouth open and all that. But it kind of yeah. it, it looks a lot like the Sisters of Battle helmets, which uh, it does. It it looks like a like a fucking um what are they uh salad helms? Yeah. So I, I would like to see head swaps. I want to see these guys with the Palanite Enforcer helmets. I think that would be like peak Ooh, cool. Oh, yeah. Or the um, the Kazarkin style helmets. Yeah, that would be really cool as well. But uh, uh, Can we just talk about how cool that fucking heavy stubber that dude has is for right? a minute? That thing is awesome. And let's not forget uh, the rad fucking robo dog. Oh, yeah, dude. K9. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that the guy is holding a leash as well. It's like, it's... It's a fucking cyber dog. It's programmed. Why yeah, does it need even, a leash? It's not even like a big heavy chain or anything. It's just a straight <laughs> no, it's up like leash. A little, little leather leash. It's even uh, got the little clip and everything. <laughs> yeah, but like these guys are just cool as shit looking. Very, very good models. Super uh, The big ass spiky manacles on the dude who's got the gimp mask on it. I mean, there's a fucking sniper guy who has a drum mag on his sniper bolter or whatever that <laughs> yeah. is. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty These are cool. Uh, and they're going up against uh, Dark Eldar. Dark Eldar that just kind of look like normal Dark Eldar with uh, poop faces. Yeah. Like, all of them look like they got a poop, and one guy's got a nose tube. Yeah, yeah a couple of them have uh, some pretty interesting paint jobs. There's a the bird. Faces. The bird's cool. Bird's cool. I like the, the guy reloading his, you know, needle pistol thing. Uh, what about the guy throwing grenades from the top of his hand? Uh, yeah, that was an interesting sculpt. <laughs> It, it, that might be one of those ones that looks cooler when you see the whole thing, but from the angle they showed, it just kind of looks like he's like like juggling them off the back of his hand or something. Yeah, because like a, a throw, the smoke wouldn't come down with it like that. Yeah, limitations of uh, trying to get a cool pose, I guess. But yeah, I uh, guess he's also got a uh, fucking teal emo kid hair highlights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not bad. They're just dark Eldar. They don't they don't really yeah. feel special. They feel they feel like Cabalite warriors you would just normally get. They, for some reason, they remind me a lot more of the old Dark Eldar, and I'm not exactly sure why, because I know the body style's the same. Yeah. But maybe it's just their paint scheme. Maybe. Um, 
we need to roll back like four or five episodes to see what our predictions were for the uh, the end of the dark sets. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think I did say Soul Shackle was something with Eldar. So if that's the case, yeah, I, I think I think it, we thought it was going to be Eldar and Slanesh. Yeah, which you know I'm happy that it's not because uh, these these yeah. Arbites are awesome. But uh, oh, they're way fucking cooler. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh. And then yeah, the end of the dark terrain. This one does come with a cool like hollow table in the middle where it's showing off like the maze and all that so that's pretty fun yeah uh i won't say i'll get this kit it'll depend when it's released but uh i do need some of that terrain and i do really like those arbites so mm-hmm. they might it might get bought i might pick it up because danielle's got a dracari army so oh well it just makes sense then shunt to the side there yeah, cool. right, what uh what else you got oh well let's see uh they uh, did announce a nice new box set that I'm real excited for. The Wrath of the, the Soulforge King. One? What? <laughs> Still glimpsed by Gets box. The Wrath of the Soulforge King with Vashtor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, Chaos versus Dark Angels, which was interesting. I didn't expect that at all. Um, yeah, it's, it's two models that people want and then a bunch of shit no one wants. No, because there's some good stuff on the Chaos side. It's the Dark Is Angels. There? Yeah, I mean, there's Obliterators, there's a Venom Crawler, the new Cultists, which everybody needs Cultists. Is uh, the Venom Crawler good? I thought the Venom Crawler sucked. It's not bad. It's like it's like a decent, as far as I can tell from the cursory stuff I've read online, uh, it's like a good, just like mid-range choice if you just need to fill some slots. But uh, Obliterators are always good. And then, you know, fucking Vashtor, the model that got me back into 40k Chaos. Yeah, that's such a cool model. And you can finally see the, sc- uh, the scale of it. And he, we were right, he's about Armager-sized, it looks like. Yeah, he's, he's like smaller greater demon size uh if you want go back and look at the video of when he was initially teased where they have wade price talking about him they have him side by side with some of the uh chaos legionnaires and he yeah he's, he's pretty much on scale with something like a, a bloodthirster or something like that just not as chunky obviously yeah but th- this one's not gonna get i'm assuming released until the arc of omen book spring yeah because that's when that arc of omen book's looking like it's gonna happen so probably like late april early may definitely kind of looks like uh dark angels kind of got shafted on this box this is yeah. i mean new asriel sculpt which i'm sure people are excited for but uh otherwise it's pretty plain jane it's just some primary yeah, it, it's not even and... the the death knight terminators it's just dark angel terminators yeah they got the one dude with the big wing to sorrow wings on his back but uh yeah that's that they just that just comes in the dark angel terminator box yeah they're, dude, they're... those obliterator models are cool as fuck yeah, no, they're awesome. Like, the new Chaos stuff kicks ass. Way, way better than the just, hey, let's jam guns into their chest. Oh, God, the old the old obliterators were, it's like, here's a here's a pile of bubble gum. Let's just put a heavy bolter and a las gun and some claws. Who gives a shit? But hey, it could be worse. It could be mutilators. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, I'm excited for this box. Um, it's uh, interesting that they're releasing a model like Vashtor separate in a box like that because he feels like one of those kits that's probably like 150 bucks or something on his own. So yeah. this is probably worth getting just because it'll only be like 200 And if you only wanted him, you could pretty easily sell off the rest of it. Yeah, I was about to say, there's going to be a bunch of secondhand Azrael's floating around out there. Oh, yeah. A lot of people getting this kit for Vashtor, I'm sure. But anyway... Yeah. So what's uh what else got your attention at LVO? Uh, just mostly because it was interesting. Uh, it's the Strike Force Augustus. <laughs> this has caused a bit of controversy in the Warham yes, discords. Uh, so it comes with just you know what is that uh, a fucking what are those guys technically called? Redemptor the... Dread. No, that's not a Redemptor Dread. Well, 
didn't it's it? just it's no that's not it's like a redemptive dread i'll go over in a moment uh so it comes with just five fucking bolter dudes but one of them has like a heavy bolter they're new marines i haven't seen those guys maybe they're the or maybe they're the the heavy uh heavy intercessors marines, or what are they called? called yeah thank you like i keep fucking saying heavy bolts this fucking 10 percent beer is fucking my brain up it's cool uh, the 9.5 is getting to me too yeah uh, and then it comes with just, you know, a uh, lieutenant, which, whoo. But it comes with a new Redemptor-style dreadnought called the Brutalis Dreadnought. See, I, I kind of assumed the Redemptor was like the model or like the make of it. And then the Brutalis was just the, the the special model that has these cool fucking claws and meltas and stuff. Yeah, but it's, all, it's also got fucking plasma cannons where its nipple guns go. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, it's plasma cannons on its nipples. And it's got a fucking twin heavy stubber hat hmm the best like kind a, of hat yeah it's a cool ass model and it also looks like he can come with um like normal dreadnought close combat weapons with four fucking storm bolters and then two nipple heavy bolters <laughs> oh you know maybe that is a melted cannon in his nipples instead of plasma cannon looking at that picture uh, the front of the front of it doesn't look like a melted can. It looks like a, an armature yeah. thermal lance yeah seeing it from the profile side it's got two barrels so I think it's a multi melta yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it also comes with the thing that has torn Warhammer players in half, and that is the Desolation Squad. Oh, these are really... These are silly in a good way. <laughs> yeah, like... If they would have removed the underslung missiles from the missile launcher, I would have been a little bit more okay with it. But it's just... It's like, we got missiles on missiles on missiles, guys. Yeah, no, these are... This is very, like pimp my ride hey put a fucking missile it's launcher on your nerf, missile launcher so you can missile launcher while you missile launcher Warhammer. yeah it's <laughs> it's nerf warhammer yeah it's and they all look different that's why it's so weird yeah there's there's like the four barrel with the underslung gatling the two big barrels with the underslung gatling the single big ass barrel with an underslung gatling and a sniper scope like what the fuck are all these yeah do they do they have different profiles are these technically different weapons or is it just oops all missiles because there's one that has just one fuck off big missile and then yeah. underslung it has this the, the the revolver missile launcher i guess and then other and ones that have belt fed yeah, how do you I belt? I don't understand how you belt feed a <laughs> missile launcher. And, and it doesn't—it doesn't matter what missile launcher it is. It's the same belt. Yeah, so so belt feeding it implies it's like a missile launcher minigun, which is really fucking cool in theory. But like, wh- but if that's the case, why the fuck do the tips of the missiles stick out? I don't know, Tony. It's so goofy, but I love like, it. So it it, lo- it it loads from the belt and then just what like gingerly slides it up to the fucking edge. Yeah, and it makes a nice little thump noise every time it gets into the barrel. That doesn't make any sense. I know. I so, mean, okay, maybe maybe the the bottom fucking missile revolver is what's drum fed. That's got to be what's drum fed. That's what I would even assume. Even though, even though the belt doesn't line up with that, I got issues with this. But it's not because of the weapons. It's because of how they don't actually look like they would function. I think it's cool. I think the missilely missile launchers are neat. But I have a problem with the fact that it doesn't look like it would work. Yeah, it's which seems weird. For my fucking space laser game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nine foot tall post-human fucking juggernauts, but yeah, it's, I, I mean, you're right, they're, they're kind of goofy when you think about them. Yeah. Which, you know, when you really get down to it, they're all out of ammo in five seconds. If you look at a normal guy who's just yeah. got a bolter with like a 10 round magazine and no fucking pouch full of extra bolter clips, but whatever. 
It's just, yeah, it's it's silly even for Warhammer. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're hilariously stupid, and it feels very yeah. orky. So, uh, yeah, it does It does feel very orky. Right. I don't like their backpack radar things. Yeah, like, I don't... I've always hated that on Devastators, because, like, isn't that what their fucking helmets are for? Yeah, yeah, and I, I want to see their backpack. They're not showing back angles of it, but I want to see what the belt's going to. Is there, like, a pouch? So, uh, there, there's one that, it's go, that you can see he's turned to the side, and another one is holding one of those ammo hoppers in his hand. Yeah, but there's, like conservatively like maybe 30 missiles between the belt and well you know it only gets to shoot five times you know that's true i suppose (laughs) so as long as it's only shooting at max six missiles from it every single turn yeah exactly you know that might actually math wise might add up just fine (laughs) oh that would be the most just slap to the face you know you did the math and actually put the correct amount of links in for that Yeah, I don't know. They, they're hilariously stupid. They're they're yeah. very silly, and as far as I can tell, most people are at best like, well, that's silly, and at worst, frothing at the mouth mad about them. Yeah, so it's silly, but I, like I said, I like them. I just I have the issue with them being belt fed. They're <laughs> hilariously goofy. Or if they were belt fed with the fucking tips of the missiles sticking out of the drum. But yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, the belt. There also doesn't seem to be a place for it to eject. Uh, all of the unnecessary shit on the belt. Uh, it goes out the barrel with the missile, obviously. <laughs> you you fire the shell for thirty percent extra thing to go into. Maybe enemy. maybe the missile tips are just safety plugs on the barrel, and it fires that whole fucking rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it exactly. It's it's like the barrel plug on a paintball gun. You have cracked the case. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's gotta be it. Nah, they're they're hilariously silly. I really like the new dreadnought kit though. Like the the new yeah, the new dreadnought's cool as shit. The new close quarter hand weapons are really cool. I like the nipple meltas. It's that's a that continues to just be a very kick ass model. Yeah, and the fact that you can do either the uh, the fucking claw machine claws or the dreadnought crunchy claws is great. Yeah, I the choice is great, but I it do... surprises me that the top weapon only seems to be stubbers. Yeah, I guess it's canceling out how fucking i mean you can get multi-melters as chest weapons now so i don't know i, I guess they don't want to go full everything is... yeah before you can get the little like frag missile launcher which was me it was basically a random storm bolter yeah yeah i don't know i don't know what they're thinking is behind that you think the frag launcher would make sense because you like clear out yeah. big units of dudes with the blast template or the blast rule and then get in close and punch bigger things i don't know it makes me wonder how powerful those fucking claws are if you end up losing all of the fucking bolters to have them. Oh, I mean, that, those claws gotta be ridiculous. Well, there's still barrels on the sides of the claws. No. Oh, no, those are pistons. No, there's like yeah. pistons. Yeah. Uh, they gotta be pretty beastly. I'd imagine they're like Leviathan dread level of uh, yeah, probably. melee prowess if they're getting rid of all guns like that. Either way, we'll find out soon enough. I'm sure this box will oh, come okay. out. Okay, Desolation Squads provide support barrages with indirect fire Castellan launchers with their choice of super frag or super crack rocket launchers. Oh, good. We've reached just calling things super. It's better than fucking throwing an I word in front of it. Yeah, your Invictor Castellan. Yeah, your, your, your interloper missiles and your isolator missiles. That is like the fifth thing that they've called it Castellan at this point, though. Yeah, I'm, I am so surprised they don't have interlopers and fucking isolators yet. Oh, it'll happen. Just wait until 10th edition when they release more Space Marine shit. 
Uh, all right, what uh, what else you got, Andrew? Oh, well, let's go into one that makes our buddy Phil pretty happy. Uh, there is some new Lizardmen releases for Age of Sigmar, yes, also known as Seraphon now, but Lizardmen rolls off the tongue yeah, better. Uh, we get some new Slon, the big toad boys themselves, the, the, some of the best wizards in the Warhammer universe. Uh, we get a dual kit that makes a Star Master or a, uh, what the hell's the other one called? I think they might just be both Star Masters, but they come with different arm options. One has a big bonkin stick. One has like this cool skull thing that he's holding. You can get different attendants. One that has like a tray with tools, I guess, for like cleaning up the fat folds or something. And then another one with a spear. So uh, there's, there's some cool options with this kit. And it's kind of like Lord Croak where it's being held up by like three precarious vines. So yeah. that's got to be a very hollow top half to, uh, to not fall over. But really, really, really cool skull. I like it a lot. The uh, the paint job on the green one makes it look like he's got a mustache and is yelling at kids to get off his lawn. I mean, yeah, he's a slon. He's like millennia old. He's the, the, I think the whole shtick of Lizardman is he's yelling at everyone to get off his lawn. <laughs> yeah, like the, the dark green one's way cooler looking. I was going to say, I like the darker one a little better, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the dark green one's way cooler than this oh, weird okay. light green one. Yeah, the light green yeah. one's uh, a Skull silly. stick is cooler than bonky stick. Yes, Skull, always cooler than Bonky Stick. Although, I love the happy little frog on its base. Though. Although the little attendant with the tray of, of stuff, I like him better than the guy with the spear, I think. It feels oh, like yeah, that's fair. Very, um... Your leaves, mister! Wow, what was his name? The, the, the fucking, the super fat elder on uh, Namek in Dragon Ball Z. What oh, the Jesus. fuck? I, yeah, um... God damn it. Guru, guru. Yeah. <laughs> feels very guru from Dragon Ball. <laughs> So, so what do you think of these weird new Raptodon heads? I like them. I think they're very cool. Um, kind of going in with uh, modern science saying that pretty much all dinosaurs had feathers. I'm cool with that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool with that. It's just their heads look very robotic. Uh, they do kind of... They're pretty angular. They look like they're cut out of stone or something. Yeah, they don't, they don't look... They don't look as um, organic as everything else does. It could just be the paint style. I think there's some really hard edges with the hedge highlighting there. And it's not yeah. color-wise, it's not really flowing into the feathers. So I think that might be part of it. Because it, it just looks like it's got some very hard lines. Yeah, but uh, I love the new skinks. Yeah, no, those are very, very cool. Those are very good kits. Really good update of that kit. Yeah. Speaking of a really good update of a kit, <sighs> uh, new Saurus Warriors, finally. God damn, they're beautiful. Yeah, people have been wanting these guys for a while, because uh, the old Saurus Warriors were getting a little chunky. They're, uh, long in the tooth. little long in the tooth. Yeah, and I like that they still look like like enough like the old Saurus Warriors, where you could mix them and it would be totally fine looking. Yeah. But these are way more refined. Musculature is interesting, though. If you look at their Do chest... Do they have six-packs? Well, they have six-packs, but they don't have but no pecs. pecs. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a choice. I'm not really sure how lizard muscles work, so... And maybe they have, you know, a rib cage that kind of compensates or something. I don't know. They're they're <laughs> technically demons at this point, so... Who Again, cares? we're trying to bring the science into this that doesn't exist. Yeah. Let's get my 12-foot-tall lizard man to bonky with his pokey stick. The, uh, the one paint job they did... Of the dude with, like, the glowing blue face is so fucking cool. Okay. Yeah, that's really rad. Yeah, so this is a battle tome that's set to release in spring, so I'm assuming that's when all of the lizards are going to come out with it. That would make sense, because uh, that's what happened with the Gloomspite stuff for the few kits that they added on to that. 
Let's see, yeah. spring, we're getting an order, a, two chaos, and two death battle tomes. Oh, Seraphon's coming in summer, so. Oh, is it summer? Shit, I thought there was a spring. So what would the order one be for this spring? Caradron. It? It's got to be Caradron. Yeah, they haven't had an update in a bit. And the yeah. two chaoses have got to be uh, the corn dudes and I guess probably Heaton Knights. Because they haven't had an update since they were launched. And then Death would probably be Soul Blight and um, I, Flesh Eater. I'm calling it here. I think that they are going to lump Flesh Eater and Soul Blight into a book. It wouldn't shock me just because that's how they started off originally in yeah. Warhammer Fantasy. So, because, I, I don't know. I, I like the Flesh Eater aesthetic, but it always felt like they just didn't have enough going on. Yeah. Because there's like six models in that range. <laughs> It's, it was always a choice to, to diverge them, and they're vampires. It would make sense to lump them in with the other vampires, but... Yeah, because they've got the, va- the the new guy on the throne has the vampire keyword. Yeah, so maybe. We'll find out in, I don't know, two months. Um, yeah. yeah, if they do that, then the other one's definitely Ossiarch Bone Reapers, because uh, they, they yeah. haven't gotten any updates since they were launched. They're, they have not had any love in a long time. Uh, so, uh... The next one is we got the fucking flying beastmaster vagina teeth. <laughs> now we have the oh. wormy beastmaster butthole teeth. We're talking about Necromunda. Hard, hard, oh, hard yes. change by Sorry. the way. <laughs> Necromunda. Uh, yeah. So we yeah, have the the, the um, new beastmaster, the Millisaur. Yeah. Yeah, the Millisaurs. They are. <sighs> so if the last ones are Minox. These are more like. Uh, I guess sarlacks that are squirting around. <laughs> what a good place to describe it. <laughs> well, how would you describe it, Andrew? Uh, probably not squirting around. <laughs> oh, jeez, I meant to say sliding around, <laughs> squirming around. Uh, I have drank an entire ten percent beer, and I am feeling it. Yeah, uh, similar to the last guy, the the Beastmaster's got like a cloak made out of the creature that he is yeah. uh, a master of, which is pretty fun. Um, yeah, a big ass vat of something on his back. Yeah, I, I don't know water. I guess being in ash wastes, but who knows? Could be just millisaur juice. Who knows? Um, see, see if it says yeah. millisaurs. Millisaurs are pretty scary in Necromunda, though. Like, they're they've mean. Got, they've got two wounds. They do a lot of damage. They got poison. They can infiltrate. They ignore impassable terrain. Yeah, they're 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 pretty good. So this is this is another one that will eventually make its way onto my painting shelf because uh, they're really cool and really useful. I'm excited to see what the rat guy looks like because he's he's the only beastmaster left. Yeah, I'm gonna rough guess say he's gonna have some Cawdor aesthetic, but uh, he's supposed to be we neutral, so we'll see. Yeah, it does not say what is in his back. It's it's a mystery jug for you know for his his go go juice. He's he's got to yeah. be able to continue going in the desert. The fucking face he's making, I just absolutely love. Yeah. He's like, meh, meh, go get him, my pets, <laughs> meh. Yeah, so I, I think the Millisaurs are creepier than the Ripperjacks were, but the Ripperjacks were more disturbing looking. I, If that makes sense. What? <laughs> I feel like you said the same thing twice. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to describe this. The, the Millisaurs look like something out of like a, like an action movie that's going to be coming after you the ripper jacks looks like something out of a horror movie that's going to be coming after you ah okay does that make sense sort of kind of yeah right. like cheesy monster cool. versus creepy monster yeah sure let's go with that I'll, i'm just gonna cut that whole bit then fair enough because i don't really know how to describe that well all right 
Um, yeah, it was most of the LVO stuff. The only other thing we got was uh, a Daughters of Cain set for Underworlds, which... They just uh, look like Daughters of Cain. I mean, they're good sculpts, but there's really nothing terribly special about them, honestly. They're, they're yeah, Daughters of Cain. Yeah, um... They've also got kind of that, like, speckly look to the paint where it looks like they didn't get a good prime job on them. Oh, I didn't actually look tight at the pictures. Yeah, if you look at the pictures, they kind of got that little, like, like that rough dotted thing you get if you prime when the the, oh, shit. the weather's not great. Yeah, on the skin. Yeah, and you can see it pretty heavily on some of the weapons, too. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe they didn't care so much about this one, either. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, but there was one new big thing that they dropped on Warcom. Oh, you mean the fucking uh, Alpha Legion's assassin? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean the fucking Lord of the Rings buildings. Yeah, everybody's got to have some Lord of the Rings buildings. Which they're actually kind of cool. They're actually beautiful. Yeah, they're terrain. really not bad. That's a very solid, yeah. like, neutral terrain. For <laughs> they really are. Pretty much any board, any any of the, the battle games. Uh, but they released where the GW US Opens were going to be this year. Finally. They've got Tacoma, Washington. We are not going to that one. They've got Kansas City, Missouri. We are not going to that one. They've got Tampa Bay, Florida, which is close enough for us to go to. But fuck that, because the final is in our hometown of Atlanta. Finally. And by our hometown, I mean it's like 40 minutes down the road. It's only the largest city in the fucking south other than Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah, so it is going to be like November 19th, I think is when it is. Something like that. Yeah, because Kansas City is June 2nd through 4th. Tacoma is July 14th through 16th. Tampa is the 13th through 15th of October. And Atlanta is the 16th through 19th of November. And it is the Grand Narrative and the World Championship. So there will be the Australian Pan Circuit Champions. There will be the European Champions. You'll see all over the place, people from all over the place coming into Atlanta to fucking roll some dice. And it's in the fucking Hyatt. Uh, which is one of the Dragon Con hotels. So, yeah, I, uh, um, Andrew and I have both been drunk in this hotel once already. Yeah, I uh, I kind of know that hotel like the back of my hand. I have been offered yeah. many drugs in that hotel. Oh yeah, no, yeah for sure. I did not partake because I'm, I'm not that kind of <laughs> dude. You know, no no shade to anybody who does that. But uh, Dragon Con is a fucking wild experience. What's What's interesting is the tickets for all of them go on sale February third. That's interesting, and I did not know that. Yeah, so February 3rd, buying some tickets for Atlanta. Sure, hope I can make it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and the cool part is, like, it's close enough where we don't need a hotel. Like, we could just roll out there in the mornings if we want to. Yeah, prefer to have a hotel, but yeah. Prefer it's to have a hotel. Very, wrong, very but. drivable, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, it's I have done that going to Dragon Con several times. It sucks, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I've done it. Too bad. It depends on how late you're there. Ooh, I've had some... Which, I've had some rough uh, four-hour nights of sleep, get up and go right back to Dragon Con kind of kind of nights, but uh, whew, yeah. I, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm in my 30s. I like my sleep. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so uh, listeners, come hang out with us uh, in Atlanta or at Nova. Either one of those two yes. things. Yes, the plan is to try and attend both. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think I can swing both. I'm definitely doing Nova. Nova is already locked in. Like, that is my yeah. guaranteed... There's there's two guaranteed weeks that I take every year. One of them is this coming week's Groundhog Vacation. The other is the Nova Open. Yeah. And since that one's only, uh, like, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, 
that's I pop a Friday off and I fucking roll out there. Yeah. Uh, I got some life stuff coming up later in the year, which may or may not affect one or both of them. But bare minimum, I will try and make at least one of these conventions. You better be at Nova. I will. I will do my best. Uh, all right. So that wraps it up for oh, no, all no, no, of no. the pre-show. Oh, for that. Okay. Uh, we we yeah. do have a couple of things that just came out. The Sunday preview today. Uh, World, oh, Eaters, this... World Eaters are coming out finally. Oh, yeah. They're on pre-order. Woo. Well, I mean, you know, that's pretty big. Yeah, Ang- but that's nothing new. It's all stuff that we knew was coming. Yeah, but Angron's a cool model. Angron's a cool model. I'm, I'm honestly surprised the Angron model is coming out before that book. Uh, or is that, or is the same Angron Ark of Omen? Go- Angron Ark of Omen's already coming up. Oh no, I don't think the Ark of Omen one is. Okay, so I, thought, I, thought I thought you were talking about the. Just I thought you were talking about the Black or the uh, the Black mm-hmm. Library book. <laughs> no. Yeah, that would have been weird. Bryce the Slice also goes up for pre-order. Today. Sure is. Uh, also, they they said his name on the video that they released for it, and it's not Cam Campbell. It's like Campbell or something. Bullshit! It's Bryce the Slice Campbell. Nope. They pronounced it in an odd way that I don't remember off the top of my head, but it sounded Not like French. vaguely French. <laughs> That's dumb. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That special edition of the Angron book is beautiful. Though. That is a really cool book. I have no need for it, but it's really cool. Yeah. And uh, once again, it's only 15 dice in the World Eaters dice pack for the same price. Yeah. a little I, bitter about. I don't know what they're doing with that. They, they but been... the new dice do look a lot nicer than the old dice, but I would still rather get five more dice than have some cool swirly effects. Yeah, especially if you're already paying 30 fucking dollars for a set of dice, yeah. which is, you know, outrageous. I've only bit the bullet and gotten the, the Sons of Bayamot dice because they got feats on them. But, yeah, yeah that's that's a lot. And the orc dice because Tony peer pressured you. That's true. I got that at the store, though. I didn't pre-order them. If it uh, makes you feel any better, I also peer pressured Will into getting the orc dice. That doesn't shock me in the slightest. Yeah, I'm a pusher. Sure are. <laughs> Speaking of, we should get to our yeah. uh, our topic of the show because you push a lot of people. <laughs> I do, I do, but it's not a bad thing. No, this is a, so a positive wanna, push. Yeah, we, we want to talk a little bit about gaming groups. Uh, most notably, how to find them, how to foster a good gaming group, and how to expand on a gaming group. So listeners from the beginning of our show will remember that when we started this podcast, our gaming group was very small and met very seldomly. There was like four, maybe five of us. We met every couple of weeks. Uh, now we're in a group that meets two to four times a week sometimes. Yep. Uh, granted, we're not all there for every one of them, but we have the access to it. And granted, and, we are not like in the middle of the pandemic anymore. Yeah, exactly. But our group is, on any given one of those game nights, there's six to ten of us there. Which is crazy to think about. Pretty unprecedented, as far as I can tell, for a lot of people I talk to about this stuff online. Oh, yeah. So, finding a gaming group. You say you move to an area, you're new to an area, or you're just picking up the hobby. You're curious about finding people to play with. One of the easiest ways to do it, go to a local game store and just hang out and talk to some people up there. Um, As kind of an overall rule, most nerds aren't super outgoing. So it is kind of a big thing to ask, hey, I'm just going to walk up to this table of players who know each other, who are chatting back and forth and just start talking to them. That's a big ask a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So one thing that you can do is ask either the shop owner 
up there. They're usually very friendly and are used to dealing with very introverted nerds. If nothing else, see if they've got a Discord or a fucking WhatsApp group or something like that and just introduce yourself on that and be like, hey, I'm new to the area, interested in the hobby or interested in joining the group. Yeah, I am so, uh, uh, one of those very introverted people. It's it's very difficult for me to uh, make new friends at the best of times. So being the person to jump out and go, hey, guys, let's take two to six hours to play a very complicated board game together <laughs> is a, a big ask for a lot of people. And I totally understand the difficulty. <laughs> yeah, I, I do as well. Um, I am my father's son. So uh, the running joke in the family is that dad and I can't go anywhere where we don't make a friend because we'll talk to anyone about anything. And uh, that has led to us having a fairly large gaming group. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I think it was you who came up to me initially because I was playing 40K with my friend Will. Probably. With different, Will, yeah. Different friend Will. We, we know a few. Uh, and you're telling, talking about uh, us coming up and playing other games. And, yeah. you know, that sort of snowballed, and here I am. But yeah, uh, look, look at us now. I probably wouldn't Drinking have done Drinking stouts. I probably wouldn't have done that to another person who was playing 40K in a shop because I'm not that kind of guy, typically. So, yeah, yeah. To- totally understand the, hey, I'm very introverted. How do I get a gaming group mindset? Yeah. So the other way you can get a gaming group is doing literally what I did to get our first gaming group. And that was, I was like, man, I really like playing. Um, I've got a couple of friends who play occasionally, but I want to create a regular group. So I would go to the shop, play games with friends. And then if I saw other people that I thought, you know, would fit in well, that's a big thing, would fit in well with the little group that we had started building, then I would chat with them, feel them out and try and pull them into the group. Uh, Andrew is one of those people. But to start with, when I first got back into the hobby, uh, it was before the, it was right before the pandemic started. It was like the summer before the pandemic. Yep. I was getting back into the hobby, and I just posted on uh, on our local gaming group, like on our local game stores Discord. I was like, "Hey, is anyone interested in playing Age of Sigmar? I want to, you know, do a little meet and greet. We'll head over to the restaurant next door, grab some pints, and just chat." And it was me, Ben, Brett, and Matt. And still in our gaming group are me, Ben, and Matt. Brett would be, but he had to move to fucking Alabama, Brett. And go and have a bunch of kids and stuff. Yeah. Jeez. How dare yeah. you be a responsible I know he adult. listens occasionally. I don't know if he's still listening, but Brett, please come back. We miss you. Yep, Brett. Like, seriously. <laughs> Give your kids off to charity or something. I don't yeah. know what you do with kids. Just, just come and play just board leave games. them in Alabama. Yeah. They were born in Alabama. They're they're toast anyway. Alabama is well known for taking care of children. (laughs) That's great. It's a real family loving state. Absolutely. Sorry, Alabama listeners. Not sorry at all. Not, not sorry. Hey, Hey, Uh, at least you're better than Mississippi. Or West Virginia. Actually, I think we have West Virginia listeners too. Hold on. Before I start throwing stones, let me see where our listeners are from. West Virginia. You're fine. (laughs) Oh man. So, Andrew, what are some red flags that you tend to look for to avoid gaming groups or players, though? Ooh, okay. Well, this is kind of a touchy subject in general. It can be, and it can be. Yeah, we're going to... So, we'll we'll just kind of skate over a few of them. So, a big one, you know, political affiliations, of course. That's that's a thing in America, unfortunately. Everybody's very divided, et cetera, and so forth. So, just, like, feel out what people believe, and if you can tolerate being around them. We have had issues with that in the past. Mm -hmm. We have since moved on from them. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um... 
red flag. I mean, you know, uh, I have seen people at shops before who, you know, needlessly rib each other, not in like a fun way and like a kind of mean spirited way. Uh, and not, you know, you don't want to be around that kind of energy all the time. You don't want people making fun of you all the time. Cause there's a difference between, you know, poking fun at somebody's bad dice rolls and like yeah. just, and then poking fun at the person. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there is, there is mean spirited people out there. This kind of goes back into our sportsmanship conversation we had like a year ago where, you know, you got to be able to find what makes sense for you. Hey, maybe you're a mean spirited person too, and you can get along well with that jackass. Sure. Cool. Whatever. I don't personally subscribe to that. I say y'all should get your shit sorted out. But, uh, so, you know, you just need to find like the energy you're okay with in a room. Um, there could be people who are really hardcore rules lawyers, which is useful, but potentially very fucking irritating if you were playing a three hour game with a person. So, uh, you know, you just, do you want competitive versus casual? I I would, I would rather deal with a rules lawyer than a rules bender. Yes. (laughs) Cause yeah. Are you okay with a person who, you know, Hey, what's that over there? Flicks a dice over, you know, <laughs> the, the blatant cheater is like, you, you just got to find what works for you. And I am at the point in my life personally, where I prefer casual games with people mm-hmm. I know are not going to attempt to fudge the rules who, you know, if you call them on a rule, they go, oh, okay, that sounds right. Or you're willing to spend five minutes looking up a rule to get the thing right. You know, it's, it's casual. It's, it's a fun game. You're there to roll dice, have fun and have a beer as opposed to, I'm going to fucking stomp your face into the dirt. Like some people do, which yeah. if you're preparing for a and tournament, now if, yeah, I was about to say, if you're going into it, knowing you're going to do that, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having super uber competitive. You just got to know that's what's happening. And some people cannot turn that switch off, which are why I don't play with certain people. So, you know, it's, uh, like so I said, I don't play games anymore. Andrew, do what? Is that why you don't play games with me anymore? Not at all. Never, never play games with Tony ever again because he's only super competitive. That guy's a fucking asshole. Absolute jackass. He sucks at this game. He's real competitive about it. Yeah. So you know, like I said, just find the energy that works for you. Yeah. One of uh, one of the big things that's kind of a a gaming turnoff red flag for me are the woe is me players. Like everything sucks. This sucks. You beat me because my army sucks. My dice rolls suck. This sucks. I will say my dice rolls suck, but, you know, we turned it into a podcast, so it's fine. (laughs) But it's also every game. You're not, ba-ba, the dice, ba-ba, the this, ba-ba, the that. It's like, that shit, it's like, yeah, sometimes your dice suck. Yeah, sometimes your tactics suck. Yeah. Sometimes the unit you're using sucks. Yeah. So, But, like, lamenting about it over and over and over and over, just, it, it's not like a giant red flag, but it's one of those things that I just, I don't enjoy. It's like indicative of the person you're speaking with if yeah. every single thing they speak of is negative you're not inherently gonna have a good time hanging out with that person yeah uh lumping like, in I with that the, is the, a, the annoyingly everything's great people well yeah weird pessimists I, or weird optimists yeah. i just don't understand <laughs> i say as a naturally a bit more pessimistic person but you know i at least try to have fun with it <laughs> yeah exactly uh we're, we're dark humor pessimists it's different exactly uh, rolling in with that, uh, a specific flag for our type of hobby is the man GW sucks and they're going to crash no matter what guy. That's yeah. just a thing that you get at hobby shops these days where it's like, why are you playing Warhammer if you hate Games Workshop so much? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a- Andrew and I sometimes come off as almost like GW apologists. I mean, I feel like my baseline is they're a business. They want to sell their toys. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're 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 in it to make money. If they don't make money, they don't make the game. It, if they it, don't make the game, what are you going to bitch about? It behooves them to make a quality product. Mm-hmm. Tony and I have talked several times about models and rules and stuff that we don't like. We're not Games Workshop's apologists. We just generally like a lot of the stuff they do. Yeah. And for the people who are saying 3D printing is going to kill the hobby, is that the exact same way that inkjet printers killed Magic the Gathering? Yeah. No, uh, like 3D, 3D printing. Because it's the exact same thing. 3D, we need to have Phil on to talk about it. It's we do. We like do. really we do need to do a full point. 3D, yeah. Because he is our 3D printing guru. I don't think it'll ever yeah. take over the hobby, but it's a really good supplement. Yeah. It's great for supplementing parts and things here and there, but it's just never going to take it over. Or if it does, it'll be a ways down the road. And GW will find a way to make proprietary fucking STLs. They'll just sell you the fucking printers. <laughs> Games Workshop brand printer. Here you go. We sell the best Only plastic. if it looks like a fucking STC, like their little airbrush they did the, that year that looked like the hand flamer. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> I wish I would have gotten one of those, man. Maybe we are Marks, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, I'm beginning to think I'm addicted to this hobby. Hmm. Hmm. No, it can't be that. It's the kids that are wrong. <laughs> I've always been cool. Always, forever, and always. Uh, They'll never so change yeah, so- what's cool. <laughs> Simpsons reference, y'all. Yeah. I wonder, can you even get that fucking... Oh, I'm sure you can. I wonder if that airbrush is on eBay. I'm sure it's so fucking expensive. Cost like- well, the be- the best part is, is it's it's not a good one for the hobby because it's a fucking... Um, it's not a gravity-fed airbrush. What? No, it's not a gravity-fed airbrush. It's one of the ones that has the fucking... Uh, thing on the bottom. I can't think of the damn name of it. Siphon? Like, like the one that you used to spray paint a car? Well, yes, but smaller. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but it's one of those, which is like, that's terrible for model paint. It's fine for priming. I would say it'd be good for priming and maybe for like terrain stuff, but... Yeah. Yeah, not great for very, very tiny models. But it was only $30 when it came out. It was Ooh. $30 and the can of the propellant was $8. I can almost guarantee you that's like $500 these days. Yeah. Uh, and that was in, was that in 2019? I that wasn't 2019. That was way before that. I have no it? idea. The article I found was from 2019. Red Sorry. flag. People who talk <laughs> about airbrushes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck those airbrush people. Yeah. Phil and Trevor. And like half Matt our gaming group. And me and Ben. Fuck. <laughs> I'm the holdout. I don't have one. I I do eventually plan on getting one, but just haven't got one yet. Uh, All right. Uh, But yeah, so those are some of the really big red flags. What are some of the things that you look for that you want in a gaming group, Andrew? Um... Well, you know, like a a good upbeat positivity does always help. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm not a super upbeat positive person personally like i've said but i do like to be around those kind of people i.e why i have a fucking podcast with someone like tony um because i do which is funny because i'm an overall pretty pessimistic dark human but you got the upbeat energy which helps yeah Yeah. i like having i I, I say it with a smile i like the gallows humor but if you say it with a (laughs) smile it really helps but no, um, it does help to have like, you know, a kind a, a person who people tend to gravitate a bit more towards, you know, and then once you have that, for lack of a better term, like figurehead of the group, uh, you can then uh, more easily talk to the rest of the group and find who you actually like and enjoy being around. Because like with this group we currently have, I probably would not have gone out to like meet up with random people to play games if I didn't have a buddy like Tony coming along. Because that's just the kind of person <laughs> Dr- I am. Dragging you along. Exactly. And screaming. My, my default is to stay at home, paint models, and pet my cat. So it takes a, a good bit for me to get out and going. But once I know these people and I become friends with them, it's a significantly more likely I'll come out every Wednesday to play 
board games with them. Look, just because I've drug you to two different states to play Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a good arm twister. We need. I really am. Need a, need a shirt that says I that. I should sell cars. Yeah, f- official arm twister. <laughs> oh, man, if GW gave me a commission for the amount of shit I just get people to buy. Thankfully, I was already going to buy most of the stuff that you've, <laughs> quote, gotten me to buy. <laughs> yeah. Um, another uh, another really big thing that you want to look for is reliability yes. in the players in your group. Because it sucks lining up and getting ready for a game and blocking out that three to four hours. And then, like, right before you get there, they're like, oh, I got to bail. I'm like, God damn it. Which I've had to do before. Sometimes you have to. That's yeah. life. Shit happens. Yeah, life, Sometimes life you got to bail on it. And that's fine. If you got a bail, it's not that big of a deal, but like it's, you, you just, you want a little bit of that consistency in your group. Yeah. If you're trying to get a game with a person and they bail once, sure, whatever. If they do it two, three, four times, maybe they're not a particularly uh, good person to play games with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Consistency is definitely a big one. And regularity, like with a group specifically, yeah. you, like we have Wednesdays as our default gaming night. We do tech on a lot of fridays and sundays and occasionally mondays yeah, occasionally and, you know, monday but but fr- but wednesday is the night if, if dice are going to be rolled wednesday is when it's going to happen so having a consistency of being able to just meet up in one place and meet at the usual time is really good to to keep a group going even uh, especially that, if you have like a gaming club like if you have like yeah. a store and you know you know yeah, uh, de facto we just say this is like you know a lot of people say this is like the dice like ice crew that we play with even though really it's just me and tony but we just hang out with a lot of people and it's just kind of a lot of people have said that offhand so you know yeah. it's it's sort of become that you too could come up with your own fun name for your gaming group so y- you can make shirts like we do you know whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would argue that our group is more of a club specifically because we don't meet at a local shop to play at we have our own area we play yeah which that's another great thing is having somewhere other than a local store that you can go play and some stores are more catering towards like tabletop wargaming specifically mm-hmm. our particular store that we have in the area has like two tables three yeah. four sometimes yeah and it, then, it's usually like there's usually four set aside for it now yeah but there's also always stuff going on like it's a huge huge card scene in this oh, area yeah. there's always magic or pokemon mm-hmm. happening and yeah. you know that's fine but sometimes you want a more quiet place that doesn't have literal children running around so yeah. and also you know we can literally stay as long as we want and just lock it up when we're done so you yes know, you're lo- we don't meet till 7 30 because we're all working adults like all of us have adult jobs so yeah 7 30 is like the early end for us to be done with the rest of our day so you know your local store closes at 10 11 o'clock especially on wednesdays yeah that's not really a lot of time to do anything so having matt be able to open up his area for us we can we'll, we'll play till midnight one in the morning sometimes yeah, I need to be better about that because uh, yeah. I, being a working adult, have to go to work at a reasonable time. But yeah, I do too. But you know, it's it's what coffee's for, baby. <sighs> coffee only gets you so far these days, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. oh, I know, I know, I know. It's getting less and less effect as the years go on. I hate it. Uh, plus, there's an uh, entire fridge that we can store beer in there. That helps a lot. It's very fun to <laughs> to kick down the door and just go. All right, walk into the kitchen, yeah. grab a beer. Just walk in the kitchen, grab a beer. So. Um, but the downside with having your own space is you have to have tables yep. for everybody, which yep. actually became an issue for us the other week. We had more players than tables, yeah, which was surprising. So now it's like, okay, how do we how do we deal with that? 
Uh, same with terrain. We have enough terrain and mats for what we've got right now. Yeah, we're at, if, we've yeah. almost reached peak capacity for the gaming yeah. group for our current peak, location. Peak capacity for what we have. Yeah, we could always, you know, always welcoming more people if they have the right vibes and energy and so forth, mm-hmm. like we've already discussed. But uh, we will definitely have to get more equipment if that's yeah, the case. Yeah, we have to get a couple more tables. I do have folding I tables. I, I do as well. That I, I could bring and leave at the shop. Problem. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. But then it becomes space at the shop. Yep. And, you know, partaking of our friend's business and, you know, taking over his space and so forth. That's, you know, its own kettle of fish. So, you know, there's a lot of things to consider with gaming groups, just depending on who's willing to host, who's willing to to provide gear, who's willing to, you know, put up their own personal terrain that they've painted and built and spent time on because, you know, accidents happen, things can get broken. So there's, you know, general uh, being a considerate kind adult things to think about. Uh, another thing that I really like to look for in our group is people who play with painted stuff, which sounds pretentious. <laughs> but the reason I like it is because I know then that they are putting that time in to their hobby. Like they are, they are like, this is something I enjoy doing. I'm not going to flip to flavor of the week, this and that. But what it also does is when everyone is playing with painted stuff, everyone paints more thus painting better and then you want your stuff to look as good as what's on the table and it it just builds on itself it's a big old painting katamari damashi sort of thing where just everybody paints better and better and better god i was hoping you were gonna do the fucking music (laughs) so you have that in the background the whole time (laughs) yeah right but in that you know that makes everyone in the group better the hobby yeah it's it's very nice to have like some people aren't as big on building some people aren't as big on painting but it's nice to have uh, a supportive group of friends who you know you feel like give you the energy to do these things even if you're not super huge into it we've we have friends who have definitely been more willing to get you know nose to the grindstone and get stuff built and at least a couple of coats on something to feel like to they can keep up to a good like board standard because you know you like having that good picture of everything fully painted fully based etc and so forth yeah, and also that helps grow your group because when you know people are looking at pictures or checking out your group to play and everything's on beautiful tables with nice terrain all painted up and all your armies are painted, they're like, damn, that looks good. I want to do this. Now, that is one thing about uh, uh, playing at the shop versus playing where we currently play, where mm-hmm. uh, it is you do miss the people coming by and gawping at your table and be like, oh, yeah. man, look at those cool models. And you're like, hey, hey, give me that little serotonin boost. Exactly, yeah. Which I still play at the shop. I'm in the local league currently, so I'll still have plenty of games at the shop. And we still meet up at the shop sometimes. Every now and again, yeah. Yeah, but it's just the reliable gaming meetup we have is the diner on Wednesday nights. Yep. So, say Uh, you've got your little bit of... What's up? Go ahead. Oh. So you've got a little bit of a gaming group going on. You've kind of fostered it. You've kind of built it. How do you go about expanding it? Say your group's only, you know, four or five people. You want to build it a little bit. Um, how do you go about that to make sure your group can facilitate it? Let me rephrase that. How your group can facilitate expanding it? What well, kind of stuff do you need? Do it would, you get what I'm asking? Yeah, I mean, well, of course, obviously, it depends on space if you're providing your yeah. own area or if you're doing the local gaming shop or whatever. Um, a lot of it would be, you know, social media presence, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, and so forth. They're all hell sites these days, but, you know, it's the way to reach out to random people. So if you, or Discord, you could start your own Discord page and invite people to it, meeting them for Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
being able to have solid communication really helps to keep a group together. Uh, another one is being willing Com- communication to... Communication is huge to keep a group together. Yes, and having good channels to, like, subsect things into. We're like, oh, you guys are the Necromunda guys. Go talk on this channel. We don't want to hear everything. <laughs> that sort of thing. But um, Which, hey, everyone in our, uh, in, our, in our gaming group that's on this WhatsApp, can we please fucking flip to the Discord? Right. So shit's <laughs> way, way more efficient and organized. All of you old Phil. people. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say another one is uh, be willing to potentially get into a different game system because uh, mm-hmm. you know not everybody wants to play 40k just like not everybody wants to play Age of Sigmar just like not everybody wants to play Necromunda but uh, well, everybody know, wants to play Blood Bowl though so. everybody wants to play Blood Bowl because it's the best Games Workshop <laughs> game it really um, is it's the cheapest and easiest we've discussed it several times pick up a Blood Bowl team y'all mm-hmm. um, but you know just being willing to even if say your game is 40k being willing to maybe invest in the rules for kill team you can make a kill team with whatever your army is you'd be willing to do a new rule set really not that much new to learn but if you have the kill team rules down and maybe invest in some of the tokens and terrain uh or if you have 40k terrain that could be repurposed for kill team you could potentially get two three four more players in your group who want to exclusively play kill team and then their kill teams could potentially expand into a 40k army it's a bit of a back and forth Mm -hmm. so you can you can uh not only expand your repertoire of players but you can expand your repertoire of models and games and it just kind of snowballs and then eventually you have three or four shelves full of models that you're looking at right now and kind of going gosh i haven't played with that army in a bit (laughs) Yeah, but, but keeping that variety of games and model sets, like, yes, it's a lot of rule sets to try and remember sometimes, but we got the books for it, and there's almost always one person in the group who considers one game type their primary game type who will always know the rules for it, and having multiple game types you play really keeps it from going stale. Yes. Like, I love Necromunda, but if nobody played anything in the group but Necromunda... I would have been bored out of my rocker and probably tried to, to either get other people in or found a different group. But we all play other stuff. Or, like, even though we all played Necromunda and loved it, we mm-hmm. played it for like eight months straight. Maybe yeah. a little, little burnt out on it. So we thought, hey, let's play something else for a little while. Yeah. And all of us had something else to play. Yeah. Uh, and also, another great way to kind of expand it is like, it, if you've got friends who you know are even like roughly interested in it, and you're like, hey, they'll fit in great with my group. Fucking bring them. Bring them to a game night. Let them hang out with you. I mean, that's like, what that's uh, what we've been doing. We've got that's how I suckered Oliver into having a Blood Bowl team. So we've got three or four we were, people who we've added essentially via Blood Bowl at this point. Yeah, because I mean, he was just he was doing art. He joined our Discord. Um, just did art in the hangout with us one night. We drug him out on a Wednesday. He came out. Uh, I gave him a tiny rat man, and I was playing Blood Bowl against Trent. And then at halftime, I was like, all right, cool. You're going to play this. I'm going to go check out this other table that's going on. Because, you know, we were kind of teaching him as we were going, and he fucking played a half a Blood Bowl with Trent and loved it, and now he's got a Blood Bowl team and toying with the idea of getting a second one. There you go. It's, uh, you know, you got to give him that first hit of heroin and then go from there. Yeah, I mean, it's... Once somebody already has one game type in the hobby, it's generally pretty easy to, to help get them into other ones. So, you know, well, you just got to be a pusher. 
And the, yeah, well, another good way, like you described, you know, bringing in somebody who's hobby curious, but hasn't actually bitten the bullet yet. But, yeah. uh, you know, we've been in the hobby for ages. As we've discussed, we have multiple armies, multiple teams, yeah. multiple gangs. So like with Blood Bowl specifically, when Grimes came by, I just pulled out my case. I'm like, what are, what gang do you want to play? I got orcs. I got big orcs. I got undead. I got fun dead. I got humans. I got, you know, so I, he just was like, oh, well, I'll get this one. These look fun. And I taught him how to play that. So being able to share your toys with other people is a good way to also be like, oh, you're interested in this hobby. Here's how you play with this team or gang or army or whatever. And they can see if they even like the game before time. If they don't like that one, well, fuck, try Age of Sigmar, try 40K, try Kill Team, try Warcry. There's so many fucking games out there at this point just from Games Workshop, let alone all the other shit we play like Frostgrave or, you know, yeah. the buku of board games we've never talked about. I mean, we, we got all kinds of nerd shit at this point. We can get somebody in. <laughs> yeah, if you're trying to expand a game in your group, Sometimes it's best to bite the bullet and get a second army or team or kill team or warband or whatever the game you're playing. That way you can teach somebody how to play with no investment on their part. Or if you wanted to have like a super easy baseline one, just get one of those, Mm -hmm. uh, like the, um, shit, what was it? The one with the the Space Marines and the Necrons. Fuck. Invigilus or whatever. Uh, just get one of those. Indominus? Indominus, the, that's it. But the little one? The little Indominus? Yeah, just get one of those like basic starter boxes mm-hmm. and be like, this is the 40k teaching game. Obviously get supplements because there's a fucking billion rules at this point. But uh, it's enough to go, you know, you play with these guys, I play with these guys. Oh, you don't like the space zombies? All right, play the cool, you know, space knights and we'll just go off and I'll teach you how to play the game. And if you like these guys, great. Here's how you get into them. If you don't like them, well, there's 30 other armies for the game type. We can find something that you would like. Yeah, and one of the other big ones in keeping your gaming group going and expanding it is don't be afraid to learn new stuff. Don't be afraid to learn new game systems. Don't be afraid to teach new game systems. Yeah, guys. How about play some more Titanicus? Why don't you? <laughs> Only took us yeah. a year. <laughs> Elias. <laughs> we did it. We eventually got him, Tony. Yeah, I know. Oh, I missed some hobby progress. <laughs> <laughs> Hour 43 and as of the recording. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I 3D printed a shitload of holders for all of my paints. So they're nice and organized on my wall. And I acquired an instruction book to build this fucking Warlord Titan hey. for Titanicus. There we go. still not looking forward to. Yeah, it took me like four hours. It's a kit. Yeah. So like as much time as a Reaver. Yeah, but it was still less of a headache than a Reaver. <laughs> God, the uh, Reaver kit sucks. It's cool yeah. when it's together, but man, it's a pain to build. Yeah. Um, so if you are looking to expand your gaming group, make sure you've got the space to expand. Because nothing will kill a group more than being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go play a game. And then people get there and like, oh, I don't I don't have space to play a game. Well, I'm not going to just fucking sit here. So I'm just going to bounce. And that happens two or three times. I'm like, well, fuck this. There's not enough space to play a game. I can't get here early enough to get one. Why am I in this group? Yeah. So we've got a decent amount of space, but we're having serious talks about maybe on Wednesdays, one or two of us throw some folding tables in our cars just to be on the safe side. Which is entirely feasible. I mean, I got room in mine. Andrew's got room in his. My dinky little car. Yep. <laughs> dinky, your dinky little battery with wheels. It's It'll fit a table. It works. Especially the foldy kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, 
we we are very blessed to have the massive amount of space that we do to play in. Though I mean, we could squeeze yeah. probably four or five more fucking tables. Not there. not necessarily everybody in a gaming group is gonna own a diner yeah. and be kind enough to give it off to to friends to use to throw dice around on Wednesdays. But yeah. there usually is a local gaming area. You can find your your local nerd shop. If not, somebody's got a basement, maybe a cool attic or something like you know, it, it's out there. Maybe if you. If you don't live in you know super rural like Montana or something, that's its own thing. But uh, well, even if you do live in a very rural area and you've got a group, if your group is even of a semi decent size, you can always rent out like a community center. They cost like thirty dollars to rent out. Which yeah. you know, if your group's six people, that's everybody throws in five bucks and we get this whole big ass thing for a day. And usually they've got chairs and tables and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess the inverse of that would be if you live in like a really densely packed area like a New York City or something, how do you get a gaming group going? Like you'll find people, but you don't necessarily have the space then. I don't know. Listeners, if you're in the city and you've got a gaming group, let us know because that's actually a really good one. Yeah, we're we're, we're country boys. We live in a pretty small city comparatively. So uh, yeah, if, if we got like a New York or an L.A. kind of person out there, let us know how things are for you. Yeah, because that's, that's something I'm genuinely curious about. I didn't even think about that. Because, like, yeah, there'd be board game shops and stuff, but they'd probably they're be not pretty small. Have, they're not going to have the space, yeah. yeah. Our group couldn't fucking last in somewhere where you need where you wouldn't have any space. Like, it just wouldn't. Ugh, I don't think I would last somewhere that doesn't have any space. Uh, yeah, ditto. I'd lose my goddamn mind. I would rather kill myself than live in Manhattan. <laughs> I, I think it would be interesting to do for a year. Yeah. Like, but I'm not talking, like, move my entire life to a city for a year. I'm talking about, like, I'm going to move into the city for a year, but still have most of my shit not in the city. Yeah. I mean, there would be things to love. Access to cool food and, you know, oh, interesting, Everything in people. fucking walking distance would be kind of a nice change. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thankfully. Everything within being stabbed distance would be a nice change. Thankfully, everything is within about, I don't know, five miles of us in this town. But, you know, it's yeah, still. Yeah, that's the cool, weird thing about Athens is everywhere is 15 minutes from everywhere else. Yep. It's a. Uh, Which it's is really a, strange. It's a city. There's stuff in it. You know. Yeah. I can get Indian but food like, down the street from me, and it's not bad. You know, it's, it's a thing. Yeah, so uh, if you guys have any other suggestions on how to build or facilitate a gaming group, please feel free to contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at... Dice underscore like underscore ice underscore podcast. <laughs> Good, good job. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I didn't catch you too off guard there, Andrew. That wasn't even off guard. I just had to something about saying the word underscore like made my brain short circuit. <laughs> Dice bottom slashy like bottom slashy ice bottom slashy podcast. Yeah, I, I kind of went fucking full like Microsoft <laughs> Sam on that one. Yeah, you did. Uh, uh, you can also find us on Patreon, which maybe one day we'll actually get to get together and record some fucking content on. I mean, worst comes to worst, Tony has to build a Warhound Titan now. I do. And we gotta I make do a video. have to build it before fucking September. Oop, punch my mic real quick. Um, yeah, fuck that microphone. Yeah, fuck that microphone. Uh, yeah, so we gotta we gotta get a there's, build there's video. There's a pull quote. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get a yeah, build video. Gotta get a washing video, because you gotta do that with resin. Gotta get a painting video. Well, that one's only gonna be on the OnlyFans, because I'm gonna wash it with my feet. So the washing video would be, I, I have the idea, where it's just like a five-minute oh no. five compilation where we just get some really good shots of you, like, washing it and put, like, sexy time saxophone music over it <laughs> and just do it in, like, you know, uh, 75% speed where it looks nice and slow. And then I guess, like, the last scene is you just, like, licking your nice, clean Warhound pit pieces. What if, what if instead it's just me in a giant bubbly clawfoot bathtub 
with like a big bubble beard and like a bubble afro like Bob Ross. Just, just, just pieces, scrubbing it with a toothbrush. Pieces just floating around with me. Pieces of fucking Warhound just floating everywhere. <laughs> See if well, we can find it. doesn't uh, float. Uh, the smaller pieces do. <laughs> See if we can find a, a nice Warhammer rubber ducky real quick. Oh, dude, that'd be sick as fuck. Uh, there's pictures of one. I'm not actually seeing one, but that would be a really funny one to get custom made. One with like a space oh, marine helmet. Oh god! Or, I'd probably uh, 3D print one. Or uh, Imperial Guard helmet or something. Uh, there's a Dark Souls Knight rubber duck, an Ozzy Osbourne rubber duck. Why that popped up, I don't know. Very warm. Oh my god! Somebody painted the fucking Admech tank like a rubber duck and put a bill on it. Beautiful. <laughs> That's fantastic. Ah, so yeah, eventually we will have Dice Like Guys specific Patreon content. Uh, when that'll be, who goddamn knows? It'll be before 2024 at this rate. <laughs> we hope. But hey, you'll, you'll you'll get a podcast regardless. That'll happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But uh, I think that's really all we've got for the show. So, Andrew, what advice are you going to leave us on? Ah, I was sort of kind of ready this time. Sort of uh, kind is better than... 22 of the previous 23 episodes you know it's super easy one for this time too uh just be willing to reach out y'all you might find some really good gaming buds to to hang out with or yeah, no that's you know a fucking closet racist but that's its own thing <laughs> you know little column a little column b normally it'll be the first half you'll find some good folk to, to game with there'll be some weirdos in there but on the whole most people aren't <laughs> going to be that weird 80 percent of nerds are weirdos Actually, 100% of nerds are weirdos. But you just... 100% of nerds are weirdos. You just gotta find your weirdos. Yeah, find your weird. They gotta be into the same weird shit you're in, which hopefully isn't alt-righty bullshit, but again, that's its own conversation. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, you heard it here first. Find your own weird shit, same weirdos. And fuck Nazis. <laughs> fuck Nazis. Uh, man... There was, a, there was a chick at the Cannibal Corpse concert who had a fucking denim vest that just said, fuck you, Nazi fucks. And I was like, oh, I want to be your friend. Uh, <laughs> I want to give you a nice, crisp high five. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Bye. Dice like guys. Must be nice to play some games with your friends. Necromunda makes you wonder how friendships end. So flip that table if you're able and consult your charts and graphs. <laughs> so let's have some fun and get it done. Or you can kiss my ass <laughs> Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram also under DiceLikeIcePodcast. We would also like to give a big shout out to William James for our outro music and Scarlet Saturn for letting us use their music at the intro to our show.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.